guys, welcome to Big Church Online. We are so excited that you've joined us today. If you're looking for any sermons or words of encouragement, you've come to the right place. While you're here, please subscribe, like, comment, share. That way you can stay up to date and help others find it as well. Now, let's get this week's sermon in progress. Good morning, everyone. All you soldiers out there and you potential soldiers. Do we have any military or ex-military in the house? Come on, stand up, stand up, stand up, stand up. And I know Bruce is floating around here somewhere, but we want to thank you. We want to thank you all for your service. We want to thank you for the time. And anyone, I know Bruce was in war, right? You were actually in, in combat. So was anybody else actually in combat in here or Jack? So this morning, I want to say thank you to, you to you guys who actually know what war actually means. And then we're starting a new sermon series called, um, what is it called? Basic Training. We had some different titles there, so I got a little bit off track, but we talked about nine different things. So we're starting it uh, today. And Pastor Mindy at Circle Up out there, she looked over at me and she kind of gave me a, like, a look like, hey, boy. <laughs> Woo! So guess what? I know she likes a man in uniform, so I'm going to McDonald's tomorrow to sign up for a job. I don't think she's going to want that kind of uniform, but, but I'm the recruiter today, and I didn't know whether I should be Sergeant Watson or if I should be Officer Watson. Some of y'all uh, um, people don't like the officers, and some do, but I'm Sergeant Watson this morning. Don't I, I look military. I, I forgot my hat, but, the, but I'm going to ask you all to give me a salute this morning. Okay, how do you do it? They always told me that it was wrong. Show me over here the correct salute, sir. There we go. Mine's a little bit off. Sometimes I'm doing this, and, and Pastor Minnie's like, that is not the way to salute. She said, we have a son in the Navy, so he has taught us a lot of things. But speaking of recruiting, here, I'm here to recruit this morning. Can I get, we're having a meeting after church for the clean team. Oh, all four of you are, are, are really clapping about that one. We have a team that we need to meet here. I'm doing this as an announcement before I start my message, but we have a team that's meeting right after this to, to, to build some teams together because our team has kind of gotten depleted over the little bit, and we've had a lot of people that have been very faithful in doing the cleaning team every Saturday. So I'm gonna ask you, if you're interested in it, take, go by the culture room right afterwards, and let's get involved. Um, we have a few people who are doing it most every uh, we have some exciting things to discuss back there. So if you would, go get in the culture room and get uh, caught up on that. But what a great corporate prayer we had Wednesday night. Oh, uh, listen. You, Casey was like, I, yeah. Casey was there, and, and he kind of looked. He was sitting around. He was like, I really don't know what to do but I'm gonna be involved in what's going on. But I'm telling you what, we had almost 30 people here on Wednesday night for corporate prayer. We walked around here and we, we I think it was a great kickoff to the, the, the spiritual warfare that we're going through right now. I'm, I'm not lying to you. This week has been a little bit of a hard week for me. And I think it's only because of what we're about to discuss because this is a very heavy, I'm trying to be light before because this is a very heavy, meaty message. But I wanna start us off to know that we do have, you are in an army. And when you got enlisted into that army, when you proclaim Jesus as your savior. So we, sometimes we have to do like the little kids do. Y'all remember this song? 
I may never march in the infantry, ride in the cavalry, shoot the artillery. I may never fly over the enemy, but I'm in the Lord's army. Y'all don't know that song? I grew up on that song, on all those men. They made us stomp on the devil every Sunday. But over the next, here's what, over the next six weeks of training, we want to talk about what spiritual warfare is. And we want to talk about who our enemy is. And you know, when you unlock this, she said this Wednesday night, Pastor Minnie, she said, when you start unlocking this, be ready for the attack. When you start talking about things the enemy doesn't want you to talk about, uh, oh, I'm going to tell you what, he's going to unleash all kinds of holy hell on you. And I'm not talking about the holy hell up here like this. He is going to do we're going to talk about the weapons of our warfare, too, and also how do we fight this battle. Y'all pray for it. Let's pray this morning. I, I feel I need some prayer. Father, we come to you this morning, and this is your word. This is not my words. This is your word. So we come to you this morning. We ask you right now that our ears would be open, and our hearts would be open, and our spirits would be open to what you are saying through this word. God, right now, we... we we bind anything the enemy has tried to do in this place or is trying to do right now. We bind that in the name of Jesus and we plead the blood of Jesus over that. And we come to you, God, and we give you the praise and the glory for you are worthy of our praise. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So the next six weeks, I'm gonna ask you this. I'm gonna encourage you. Can I just encourage you to be here six weeks in a row? That's a hard one anymore in church, but let me encourage you to be here six weeks in a row. Be here committed and be committed to what we are talking about. Also, invite someone, too. Don't, listen, I don't know. Hey, you want me to invite someone to church and you're going to start talking about the devil for six weeks? Not, maybe not, but no, I think we should get everyone in the house so we can know. My, the Bible says my people are destroyed by a lack of knowledge. So I think a ho the whole thing we need to know is we need to be uh, more knowledgeable about what's going on. But our goal, just like in military basic training, is to take you from a scared, from a confused recruit. Don't you remember a few uh, uh, months ago we talked about Gideon? Gideon was hiding in a corner. He was scared. He was fearful. And God took him from that scared place and he put him in a place where he was leading an army. Our goal, just like military, is to take you there to make you a well-trained soldier, one that will be effective in the fight against the enemy that we're in. Let me tell you research. And I I think this is what happened this week. I got bombarded. I had so much research. And if you know about putting a message together, I mean, I was articling it and reading this. And sometimes I even told somebody this week, I think Pastor Johnny, I was like, I think I've just been reading too much because there is so much stuff going on around here. But research says that in 2020 into 2021, the popular topics in the church were this cultural differences. We were going through the pandemic, and one of them was the pandemic and isolation. But since then, up until now, this kind of was surprising. The most popular topic right now in the church is eschatology. That's a hard one to say. Eschatology. Can anybody say that with me? Okay. And that's the part of theology concerned with death, with judgment, and final destination of the soul. And all of humankind. Some of the big topics they're talking about are the signs of the times and spiritual warfare. And is there a heaven? And is there a heaven? And is there even a hell? 
One of the reasons why people are asking these questions is because they see the times that we are living in today. They're starting to get opened up to, to the idea of there is something real going on right now. And sometimes you can't see the spiritual, but it's out there. You can, hit, you can stick your head in the sand and you can pretend that it's not there, but it definitely is there. And, and listen, we got a lot of Christians out there that are looking for truth. There is, it's a hard time to find any kind of truth in the world today. And we're hoping we get a better world out there too. We definitely need hope because you know why? We're living in desperate times. Come on, can I get an amen on that? We got mass shootings, we got racial problems, we got political divisions, and we got intensity. Listen, some people say we always had earthquakes and hurricanes, but we're seeing the intensity of all of these things come to pass. And the Bible says that the earth is groaning for the time that's coming. The Bible says this, that there's birth pangs, just like a woman having birth. That's what the earth is doing right now because it sees that we're coming to the next step of life. World is messy. That's asking a lot of questions. It says, is there a God? And if there is one, where is he? Why is God allowing all of the things to happening around here? And is spiritual warfare even real? This morning, I said, why are we even talking about all this stuff? First, we really don't know about it, right? There's a lot of questions that we have no answers for yet. You don't know what you don't know. And I said, the Bible says, my people are destroyed by a lack of knowledge. So over these next six weeks, we want you to become knowledgeable about who you're fighting in the war that you are and how to fight it a little bit better and the equipment that you use in that. Listen, sometimes you gotta pay attention. What you don't know can hurt you. Second of all, we're fearful. We don't want to talk about all this stuff, fire and hell and devil and, oh my gosh, we don't want to talk about all that. It's the most neglected thing in the church world right now to speak about because pastors are afraid to speak out. They're afraid they're going to run people off. That church is crazy. But let me just tell you something. You might be afraid. And here's the thing. It's either overemphasized or it's underemphasized. Come on, you all know what I'm talking about. Some believers blame everything on demons. Oh, you all know what I'm talking about. They, 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 they do something. Oh, that demon, the devil made me do it. They blame every, every conflict, every, every person, everything. They overemphasize it, and they make it all the devil's fault. Some, play, some people do this. They cast out demons all the time. They're always trying to lay hands on people and cast demons out of them. But also, there's the other side of people don't even talk about it, and it's very neglected too. But Jesus, look what he did. Sometimes Jesus cast out devils out of people, and sometimes he just healed them. It wasn't all about that all the time. So this morning, I want to kind of keep a, a balance I think there's somewhere we need a balance because you've been around some places that were just way whack out there somewhere and you had other places where you're like, do you eat? what do you believe in? We need to find that balance in our Christian world right now today. We are at war and we have to distinguish who we are fighting against, the enemy, and we're gonna talk about this one in a couple weeks, or our own selves. Again, so many times we wanna blame the devil for every problem that we have, every sin that we commit, but yet... Sometimes it's called self-control. Sometimes it's called discipline. Sometimes it's called training. Woo! Sometimes we just need to get hold of ourselves. But let's look at war. 
The definition, you know I love definitions. The definition of war is a state of armed conflict between nations or states or groups. We all understand that type of war. But we have an unseen, but you might ask a question, is there an unseen war going on today? Yes, I will tell you with a surety that we are fighting a spiritual battle and the warfare is real. And it's hard to see sometimes because we can't see it. We know what's in front of us. But this has been going on a long time. Look, look at Jesus talking to his disciples here at John. He says, these things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace. Peace in all of the stuff that's going on. In the world you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. He's saying, in this life, you're going to have hard times. In this life, you're going to have trials. And especially when you call yourself a Christ follower, the enemy is going to release everything that he can out there to get you to go under and stop and unenlist in this army. Real spiritual war is happening, and we are a part of it. Does anybody feel like you're under attack? She acted. Anybody? Hey, we did circle up out there. Everybody had both their arms up right now because everybody is under attack right now. With some life can get uncertain. Your faith can get shaky and you might be struggling in your mind. Come on. The enemy right now is messing with people's minds right now at an all time ooh, at an all time rate. It might be messing with your health. He might be messing with your relationship. It may be causing stress and anxiety and fear to come. And, but why are we in this spiritual battle? Let's go back to Genesis. We're going to read the whole Bible today. In Genesis, God created... Yeah, y'all say that. and you got, You'd be having me on the clock for five more minutes. But we go back to Genesis, and God created paradise. He created a perfect place. He gave it to us freely, and he gave us a choice. He wanted us to have free will. Listen, what God did is he gave us dominion, and he gave us authority over everything. But in the middle of that garden, oh, here's the one that gets us. In the middle of that garden, he placed a choice. Listen to what Genesis says. And the Lord commanded the man, saying, of every tree in the garden, you may freely eat. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat it. For in that day you eat, you shall surely die. He's going to say, maybe you're going to die. It says, you shall surely die. God gave us free will to make our own choices. And guess what? If you've been in church long enough, we made the wrong choice. And when we made the wrong choice, how many has had to pay for the wrong choices in their life? How many have had to pay for the things that you've done and wish you could take back but let me tell you, oh, we'll talk about how that choice got took back on the cross in just a little while. But, but what happened is, is that choice opened the opportunity up for sin and disobedience to enter into the world. And it also, that choice separated us from our God. It allowed the enemy to have more access to us. Before that, we, they walked in the cool of the day in the garden with God. They had access to him. And as soon as they made that bad choice, that was separated can I just be honest with you? You have a real, oh, you got to listen to this part right here. You have a real enemy. And we don't talk about him anymore. When I grew up in church, you talked about the devil every Sunday. Sometimes it was hell and brimstone and devil, seven 
services a month, right? Anybody ever grow up like that? You know, I scared to death most of the time until I found about what the grace of God was all about. But we quit talking about him. And in Genesis 3, we got introduced to the serpent who, who was also called the devil. He's also called Satan. He's also called Lucifer and the enemy. Look what it says in Isaiah. It says, how you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. How you are cut down to the ground, you who weaken the nations. For I have said in my heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of congregation on the furthest sides of the north. Listen, I will ascend above the heights of the clouds and I will be like the most high. Here was a created being. He had a high position. His ego caused him to fall. His pride caused him to go in a different direction. But here's what he did. He was crafty enough. I know some of this may be elementary. Some of this may be like whoop. But he was crafty enough to convince a third of the angels to go down with him. Can you understand what an influencer is? Do you all want the modern day influencer? Right? They want you to buy this cosmetic cream and they got this pretty girl and she's going to influence you to do that. I don't even know what else they influence. But they're, but they're influencing us on social media all of the time. And we buy the product. But here, the great influencer, the biggest influencer, convinced a third of the angels to leave heaven. Ouch! How crafty could he be? But let me tell you that. He's still doing that today. He's still influencing, influencing us and telling us lies and manipulating us. He's everything that God isn't. He's the complete total. You heard of opposites attract. They don't in this case. But he's the opposite of what God is. He's a thief. And God is a giver of life. He's a murderer and God brings life. He's the accuser and Jesus is our advocate. Everything that God is, the devil wants. He was kicked out of heaven. Let me show you something he says right here. Hold on. I got, I'm getting ahead of myself or behind myself here. Isaiah 14, 15 says, You shall be brought down to Sheol, which is death, to the lowest depths of the pit. That's where the enemy uh, is going to be. He was cast into nothingness, but when God created life, it also brought him back to life. Come on, y'all know what I'm talking about? Sometimes you got to let something die. There are things in your life that you keep breathing life into, and God says, I want that thing to be dead in your life. There's so many things in your life that you keep trying to resuscitate, and God says, I want you to let that thing go ahead, rest in peace, whatever it is. Satan was called the ruler of this world, and when Adam made the choice, he was given authority, and we relinquished all of the rights that we had because of a bad choice. We have to be on guard. I'm telling you this morning, and we're going to talk in the next few weeks about our weapons. We have to be on guard in this war because 1 Peter says this. It says, be sober. And I wrote some more words in there. Be sober. Be vigilant. Be serious. Be sensible. Your adversary, be careful, watch, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. But listen to me. Oh, this is right here. This is the part that may get me in trouble, but I don't care. We have desensitized ourselves to who the enemy is. He's that cute little costume on Halloween. 
Oh, Pastor Rich, you're going to go there? Yup. He's that bad guy that sits on your shoulder. You know, the, the bad one that sits over here telling you all the bad stuff to do, and you got the angel over here telling you all the good stuff. He's that bad guy that sits over there. And listen, glad you said that. TV shows are making light of who the enemy is. There's a show called Little Demons that is coming out. And the whole show is about a woman who is impregnated by Satan, and she has now birthed the Antichrist's daughter. And can I be honest with you? They made this into a cartoon. And the quote they said was, they're trying to, oh, this ought to scare you to death. They're trying to normalize paganism. Do we live in a crazy world or what? I, I know everybody had a hocus pocus party a couple weeks ago. I actually ended up watching it. In the first couple minutes, they were laughing about taking the Lord's name in vain. There was witchcraft all over that. And in one part of it, they mentioned Lucifer in the incantation and just laughed about it. That's what the enemy is. He is real. He is dead serious. He wants both death and spiritual, both physical and spiritual death to you. He's not an animated character. He's not someone we can take lightly. We have to understand we are fighting a real war. John 10.10 says, the thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and destroy. And as much as we talk about the love of God, the love of God is so vast and it's so deep and it's unconditional and we can't understand it. Can I just tell you something this morning? That's how much the devil hates you. As much as God loves you, that's how much the devil hates you. Why? Because Genesis 2.7 says this, the Lord formed the man out of the dust of the ground. And he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living being. The Bible says we are God's masterpiece. We are fearfully and we are wonderfully made by God. You have God's breath and you take a deep breath. I know we've done it before. Sometimes we forget who's inside of us. But you know why he hates you so much? Because you remind <laughs> You have the characteristics of your father. He hates you so much because you look like your daddy. You also remind him. Some of you, never mind. I almost got myself in some trouble there. You remind him of who he's not and what he can never have. You got to understand, sometimes you have to identify and know who your enemy is. The armed forces, and y'all help me, I've never been in. I look good in uniform, but I've never been in. The armed forces will identify their target before destroying it. They will put radar out there, and they're going to identify this thing. Our spiritual radar is called discernment. And it will distinguish what discernment is. It distinguishes from right from wrong. It helps you to judge well in certain situations and circumstances. It's the biggest weapon that we need to sharpen our perception of what's going on around us. You know why you have to be sharp in the times that we live in? Because what you see is not what you always get. 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen says this, And no wonder, for Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. 
devil comes as an angel of light. He hides under the cover of light. Listen, they're not even trying to hide anything anymore. I know this is heavy in this, but they're not even trying to hide it anymore. It's coming right out there in, in plain sight. It, it, it's like they're trying to rub, uh, rub our noses in it. But that's good because we can get a plan how to fight that thing in a future battle. But listen, the devil comes as an angel of light. Adam and Eve saw the fruit. I started to put apple in there. That would be incorrect. They saw the fruit. And what did it say in there? It said it looked good. It looked pleasant. And it was desirable to eat. That's the same thing he's doing today. Don't you want to be happy? Come on. Don't you, you need to find someone to make your happiness. You need to find this thing or that thing to make you happy. He puts it out on social media where you can see everybody's happy life that they're living. Come on, you all know what I'm talking about out there. You scroll all day long and you wish you had the life that they had. But if you only knew the life that they had, you would wish that you did not have that life. But he puts it out there and makes it look so good. Listen to this one. One time can't hurt you. That's how addictions start. When I, if I was preaching this to a bunch of young people, I'd say, one time can't hurt you. But we've desensitized ourselves to that. And we also ask the question, but that friend really did mean well, or they do mean well. Be careful who you hang out with, because not everybody's got your back. Anybody, can y'all get an amen on that one? Amen. There are people that you think have your back. As soon as, ha, as, soon as your back is turned, shoop. be careful. You find out who your friends are. I had to do that one. That was bad. But it all looks good. The Bible even says sin is pleasurable for a season still using the same tactics. He's still using doubt and manipulation and intimidation and also condemnation, which we'll talk about in future weeks. His plan has not changed and we are fighting a spiritual battle. We're going to read Ephesians 6, 12. Oh, they are, you know, when we start reading Ephesians, you're in trouble, right? But listen, it says we are not fighting or wrestling against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world against mighty powers in the dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Even though it may not look like a physical war, there are casualties in a spiritual war. Listen, the crime rate's crazy. There's division in the right and in the left, and we have racial divides going on right now. We have divorce that is tearing families apart. And do you know this? Suicide has tripled over the last two years. The enemy wants you to believe, listen to me, he wants you to believe this the person sitting next to you. Oh, wives, don't even look at your husbands right now. Because you might be saying, that, he is the enemy. But he wants you to believe that it's your spouse. Kids, he wants you to believe that it's your parents, right? Anybody got any teenagers in the house? You can't do nothing right, right? But he also wants you to believe it's your family. He wants you to believe it's your friends. 
But listen, it may not be the person standing next to you or sitting next to you or in the grocery store to you. You can't always see it because it's a spiritual battle. How can we fight against these things that we can't even see? How do you even wage war? I'm asking a lot of questions because we're going to answer some of these questions over the next few weeks. How do you wage war against that kind of an enemy? Here's what we usually do. You seasoned church people, you need to pray more. You need to read your Bible more. And you definitely better get to church at least three times a month. I did three. That was awful. Those are usually the questions that we, those are usually the answers we give some. And let me, I'm not minimalizing that, that at all. These all work. And they are part of the plan. But are we putting them to work? Are we praying? Are we reading our Bible? Are we attending church? Are we gathering right now? Sometimes we have to have some basic knowledge and training. But if you have the basics, sometimes you have to be advanced to go into the intensive. You have to be intentional about some of the training that you get. And some of the questions we're going to answer is, why do we need to pray more? First of all, how do you even pray? I had somebody come to me, and uh, we were talking to them a few days ago, and they said they almost came to prayer meeting, but they didn't come because they were afraid. And I was like, why were you afraid? I was afraid I didn't know how to do it. I was afraid I'd be intimidated or, or, or people would look at me a certain way. And listen, that is very legitimate. There are people out there that don't know how to pray. I've listened. I've, I've been around people that could pray the paint off the walls. And I remember a couple of times uh, I would listen to somebody pray. And I was like, man, I need to go repent because I can't pray nowhere near. And I'm the pastor of the church. But you got to understand, there are certain ways you pray and there, uh, prayer is conversation with God. And we're going to talk about that. It's not, it's not any this magic potion that you can put together. It's a conversation with your father. But, we, but there are different kinds. There are people that say there are intercessory prayers where they can go in and they intercede for their families. They intercede for everyone around them. We need to learn how the different, fight, the different ways we can pray through this spiritual warfare. Worship team, y'all can come up and be ready. My bad. I forgot on that one. Questions we're going to answer is, how do you pray? What, why do we need the word of God so much? You know why? Because the Bible is called the sword of the spirit. It is a weapon of offense and not defense. So many times, oh, we're going to talk about this. So many times we, 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 we are always on the defensive with the enemy, but we need to learn how to use the word of God as an offensive weapon because it cuts and it, and it makes him flee. So I'm going to ask you this. Why is it important to go to church? Why is it good to be here every Sunday? Why are we forsaking the gathering together? And it says, especially as you see the days approaching, why are we being so casual about coming to church? And what is fasting? Oh, did he just say fasting? That means we don't get to eat? Listen, I'm not calling a corporate fast, but I am gonna ask you, I've made a, I've made a commitment this whole six weeks that I'm gonna fast. And I've picked my time 
we were at uh, prayer uh, last week and, and some, uh, got the text from Pastor Johnny said the prayer team was gonna join us in this fast. I'm gonna encourage you to fast with us over these next six weeks, whether it's a meal or two or a day, but not just that because fat, I'm gonna ask you to pray because fasting without prayer is a diet. I'm gonna ask you to fast. I'm gonna ask you to understand and go into a different mindset with God during these next six weeks. Let's go from, God, I don't have all the answers. I need you to show me the answers. Oh, come on. So many times we, we as Christians, especially if you've been in the church world for a long time, you think you got all the answers. You think you got it all down. And then you turn around and, and something happens. You're like, whoa, we need to humble ourselves and just say, God, I don't have all the answers. If I did, I still wouldn't be messed up in this. If I had all the answers, I still wouldn't be thinking the way that I'm thinking or going the places I'm going to or being who I am. If I had all the answers, I would change that. Let's humble ourselves and get before God and say, okay, God, honestly, I wanna go through a time of, we're gonna talk next week about stripping away. And so many times you have to strip away all that crap that you, oh, all that stuff. Maybe it's stuff that you have heard your whole life. Maybe it's been an error. I, oh my, I was in error for a lot of years of my life just the way I was raised and I was in church eight days a week. I was in error. I didn't understand. So what God has to do sometimes is you may think you have all the answers, but sometimes God just said, you gotta strip it all down. I gotta put it all basic and we're gonna go through some basic stuff. Let's all stand if we would, please. When you take the physical to get into the army, actually, I went through, I took the ASVAB, I guess it's called ASVAB test, like 100 years ago. I took the physical exam and I passed all that and I ended up not going into the military. But my dad, when he was young, he got hit in the eye with a softball, with a snowball that had a little pebble or rock in it. And he only has partial blurred vision in one eye. But sometimes God uses that for a different reason because he was there about time, the time Vietnam was going on. And he was there in line. He said, I was ready to go and they wouldn't let me go. They disqualified me because of my eye. Can I give you good news today? You're in God's army and you are not disqualified. You are qualified you are chosen, you are protected. And no matter what the enemy has tried to tell you, no matter what the world has tried to tell you, no matter what you've tried to tell you, come on, that's the biggest battle right there, right here. You are qualified. And can I tell you this morning, even if you've been wounded, if you've been wounded by life, You've been wounded by circumstances. You've been wounded by relationships. Let me tell you about the best relationship you could ever have. That's with Jesus Christ. Jesus is the one that sticks closer than a brother. Everybody else may leave you. They're going. He's the one that's going to be there through all of the war. And I said last week, the storms of life. 
Jesus loves to heal, he loves to save, and he loves to deliver. Can I ask you a question this morning? Maybe you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life. I'm gonna ask you, the prayer team is gonna be up on the left and the right. If you need somebody to pray with you and agree with you, maybe you don't understand all of this stuff. Maybe you're looking at like, man, that bald head guy, I don't even know where he was coming at today. But I'm gonna ask you to take the first step and that's salvation. That's asking Jesus to come in, be your savior, be your deliverer. But you gotta start out by giving him access to you. You have to open yourself up to him. You have to say, God, I want you to be the God of my life, the Lord of my life. So this morning, if you've never done that, if if you've never given your heart over to Jesus, I'm gonna say, ask him to forgive you this morning. These altars are open, the prayer team's up here, but ask him to forgive you, to come into your heart, to make you new, to take the old person that you used to be, the old way you used to think, away and put a brand new, transform your mind. And I'm gonna ask you too to commit. Maybe you've been serving God and you're you're enlisted in the army, but I'm gonna ask you to commit these next six weeks to going deeper, to getting understanding in areas that you may not have the understanding in. I'm gonna ask you to learn how to pray And not just pray, but learn how to pray and how to apply it in your life each day. I'm gonna ask you to read your word more, but not just a a chapter here and a chapter there. I'm talking about picking you some verses out that you can walk through this world right now and you can fight the enemy with that word because it's powerful. I'm gonna ask you, if you will, to commit to these next six weeks to also invite someone, recruit someone, Because listen, can I be honest with you? He asked Peter, he said, "Uh, are you going to leave me too? And Peter was like, where am I going? Where would I go? You have the words of life. He said, where would I go, God? You're the life giver. Can I just tell you right now, I'm looking at a room full of life givers to someone. Instead of sucking the life out of the atmosphere, I'm gonna ask you over these next six weeks, oh, come on. I'm gonna ask you to breathe life into someone at work. Breathe life into someone at church. Breathe life into someone in your family. We've had some people fasting. I'm gonna ask you to fast with me. Fast with us. I'm also gonna ask you to report for duty. Listen, some of us have been AWOL absence without the Lord. I'm going to ask you to come back. Now, when you do that in the army, you got to pay the price for that. But here's the thing about being in God's army. All it takes is one trip to this altar to say, God, I messed up. Yeah, I was a wall when I should have been in the battle. I, oh, I ran when I should have stood. But God said, hey, I, baby, come on. I'm right here. I'm right here. Come on. So as they get ready to sing this song, I'm going to ask you not just to sing another song. I'm going to ask you to take a step forward. I'm going to ask you to commit. In your, if you don't feel comfortable, today, I'm going to ask you to commit in the back. We are going after this thing. 
And can I tell you something? We're going to need all the prayer we can get over the next six weeks. Because he's going to unleash things. But let me tell you, we got God on our side, Miss Renita. Woo! So as they get ready to sing, come on. Come up around this altar. Let's get unified. You got recruited today. Again, if you, if you lost track, you back in. All you got to do is sign up around the altar. Thank you for joining us today. If you're looking for more information or resources, you can visit mybigchurch.com or follow us on social media at mybigchurch. We love you guys. See you soon. Thank you.